At WRA, we're working to take on the most pressing environmental challenges facing the West. That means working at state legislatures across our region to get things done. Right now, state legislatures are getting started on new sessions for 2021. To find out what issues we're paying attention to and what legislation might impact our work to protect the West's land, air, and water and to address climate change, we spoke with our government affairs team for a legislative preview and to find out when and where we can take action where it makes a difference. I'm joined today for our podcast with our government affairs team here at Western Resource Advocates, Jessica Halai, Nick Scow, and Maria Nahra. Hey, Jessica, Nick, and Maria, thanks for joining me for this podcast. As our listeners may know, lots of decisions about environmental policy get made at the state level, including funding for environmental priorities, decisions about air and water quality, state level actions to reduce carbon pollution, protections for fish and wildlife, and investments for open space and parks, just to name a few ways that state legislatures are important in conservation. So we do a lot of work at the state capitol buildings every year. Things are going to be a little strange this year for many of our state legislatures, as they work to both maintain safety in the face of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic and still get essential work done for their constituents. So can you give me a quick rundown of what state legislatures are meeting this year, how long they're meeting for, and how they're doing it? So in Colorado, the General Assembly will convene on Wednesday, January 13th, and they will meet to attend to any urgent business they have to, which includes swearing in of new members. Um, then they will go into a temporary recess with a tentative plan to return to the Capitol on Tuesday, February 16th, uh, when COVID infections will hopefully be lower. Uh, in Montana, uh, which meets every other year, is meeting uh, in 2021. Uh, they'll convene on, they convened already on, on Monday, January 4th and they're doing a, a mix of in-person and remote participation. Um, they don't have a, a ton of rules around the, the uh, COVID. I think um, some members are, are uh, wearing masks um, while others have decided not to. Uh, Nevada is also um, a legislature that meets every other year. Um, they are meeting this year. They're expected to convene on Monday, February 1st. Uh, three lawmakers tested positive for COVID earlier this, uh, at the begin excuse me, at the beginning of this year. So it's unclear how that will actually impact um, the legislature meeting on their uh, target date. Um, there is a chance they could postpone and try to come in later this spring. Uh, in New Mexico, the session is a go. They will come in on Tuesday, January 19th. It'll be a mix of in-person and remote participation, though the Capitol building will be closed to the public. Um, only staff and lawmakers will be allowed inside, but folks will be able to participate via um, Zoom and other, um, other video conferencing. Uh, in Utah, the session will kick off on Tuesday, uh, January 19th as well. It will be in-person and remote participation. Um, proper physical distancing and masks will be required for everyone in the building. Uh, for excuse me, Wyoming, uh, the legislature will convene on Tuesday, January 12th for a one-day virtual session uh, to fulfill the requirements of the state's constitution. Um, and then they'll reconvene later in the spring and they have not decided on a date yet. Thanks for that rundown. Now, as things are going to be fairly different for many of the legislatures in our region when they come back to session, we should note that things are still up in the air as uh, it pertains to specific legislation in each state. But with that said, what major issues might states have to address this year that we're paying attention to? Where are things happening that impact our goals to protect the West's land, air, and water? And what are we focused on here at WRA? Yeah, Brendan, in uh, Utah, we've been working on a host of bills mostly related to clean energy work. Um, you know, Utah is a very 
conservative legislature, so we take a real bipartisan approach and we have really good legislative partners on both sides of the aisle. And uh, some of the legislation we've been working on uh, really for months that began in the spring and even the summer. Um, I'll just talk about a, a few because there's um, you know, more than half a dozen that we're actively involved in. But one bill was um, a resolution to recognize statewide emissions reductions goals and air quality criteria pollutant reductions that were outlined in the Utah roadmap um, from 2019. And so this would um, recognize targets, which is a big deal in Utah. It wouldn't set big binding targets, but we, you know, we're just trying to move the ball any way we can. And this would be carbon emissions reductions of 50% by 2030 and 80% by 2050. So in a in a conservative coal producing state, you know, this is still a, a big step for us to take. And so we've been working with a Republican representative, Steve Handy on that bill um, and, and hope we can get that through. Also been working with another Republican representative, Ray Ward, on a bill to update the state's current renewable portfolio standard. So the renewable portfolio standard on the books has a target of having 20% of all electricity um, generated by renewable sources by 2025. This bill would update that um, to 50% by 2030 and 80% by 2050. So it would really um, take us in the direction we need to go. We've actually come really close to hitting the, ex the existing renewable portfolio standard, and this would be um, a really key update and do a, a host of other things as well. So that bill failed to gain any traction last year. We're hoping we can move it a bit after having worked on it during the interim session. So uh, those are two of the big bills we've been working on in Utah, all geared at carbon emissions reductions. You know, we're not, we can't be anti-coal in Utah. What we're trying to do is reduce emissions. And that's what all the focus has been on for our clean energy work here at the legislature. Thanks, Nick. And Jessica, in Colorado, we have some major clean energy initiatives coming up in that legislative session as well, right? So in Colorado, we're expecting a pretty robust session regardless of the strangeness and uh, sort of delayed timing of it. WRA is working with conservation partners to advance emission reductions across the economy, spur industry innovation and distribute benefits equitably focusing on communities that have been the most harmed by environmental injustice. And our big priority coming into this year is to press forward and build on uh, success that we saw in 2019, setting goals for greenhouse gas reductions in law. Um, that was the Climate Action Plan. And this year, WR is working in coalition with Senator Winter um, to implement the governor's greenhouse gas reduction roadmap um, and put some numbers into statute uh, to, to drive toward those goals that we set in 2019, specifically our near-term goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 26% by 2025 and by 50% by 2030. 
Um, in addition, we expect bills on transportation funding, beneficial electrification, and building benchmarking that will help tackle some of the issues in sectors that are challenging but necessary to reform. Um, and other states like California have been moving in this direction and we're eager to help Colorado get on the train to decrease our dependence on fossil fuels and increase our use of clean energy. Maria, the clean energy legislation isn't just limited to the Colorado and Utah state legislatures, but there are bills and initiatives across the West. Can you talk about some of those? So um, in Nevada, we're working closely with uh, Senator Chris Brooks to develop a legislative proposal that drives investments in transportation electrification. Uh, this would also include investments in electric vehicle charging infrastructure. In New Mexico, our staff is working with Representative Nathan Small to establish an efficiency program to track and assure that power plant emission reductions over time are in compliance with New Mexico's decarbonization requirements. We're also working closely with conservation and other partners uh, on robust carbon reduction legislation um, that, that is still sort of being negotiated. So there's um, not a ton of information on it right now. Uh, so as folks will recall in 2019, we passed uh, the Energy Transition Act, uh, which was bipartisan um, legislation that sort of put New Mexico on uh, a path to uh, carbon free, uh, a carbon free economy. Unfortunately, we are um, seeing threats to it from uh, people who opposed it um, at the time. Um, the ET is working exactly as it's supposed to. It's saving customers money. It's improving our environment, providing important economic relief to the communities impacted by uh, the coal plant closures. Um, and uh, we're seeing sort of um, some amendments to, to that legislation that will, would increase customer rates and jeopardize the important environmental and um, economic benefits that we're um, we're seeing from, from that legislation. So we, we will be sort of on the lookout for that and, and pushing back to ensure that um, any rollbacks to that legislation do not happen. Well, from all of you, it sounds like we're right back at work. We're looking for big carbon reductions across the board, setting new bold goals and defending some of the landmark legislation that we've passed in previous years. It sounds like despite everything that COVID-19 has thrown at people and legislatures across the region, we're ready to step up to the challenge to protect our land, air and water across the West this year. But if you're a listener of this podcast and you're wondering, what can you do to help with these efforts and take action in your state? What can people tuning in do to help move the ball forward? I think it's, um, as, as we're continuing to see, it's more important than ever that um, we participate in our democracy, that we participate in the, um, the, the passing of, of laws in our states, um, especially laws that protect the environment and protect um, the places that we live, ensure that we have clean air, clean water, um, and that our landscapes are, are protected for everyone, um, regardless of, of, of our backgrounds. Um, so I would encourage people to uh, participate. I think in some, even though some capitals are closed, um, I think in some cases it, it might be easier uh, for folks to be able to participate from home uh, via video conferencing and be able to, to um, weigh in and, and provide a voice for their local communities. Um, I, folks should uh, email, text uh, their legislators and let them know that uh, environmental uh, and environmental justice issues are important to them and to their communities because I think uh, you know lawmakers are really listening to to what their constituents are saying. Yeah, I would 
echo a lot of what Maria said and, and just say the one thing I've heard from a lot of legislators over the years is that they want to hear from you. They don't just want to hear from the one side of the lobbyists from special interests and they want to hear from you. And really the, the whole name of the game at state legislatures is two words, it's constituent pressure. So when legislators feel pressure from their constituents, it changes how they act on things. And also like in a, even in a state like Utah, they might see as many as 800 to 1,000 bills go through in a 45 day session and they just don't have enough time as citizen legislators to know everything about every bill. So they need to hear from you. And just like Maria said, it's as easy as, as picking up your phone and sending a text. You don't have to be a registered lobbyist like us. And also with what we've been doing with the virtual sessions, you know, over the course of the year, I mean, you can still have your pajama pants on and testify in a committee these days. I mean, it is incredibly easy. Um, and I would just really encourage our listeners and our supporters to not be intimidated by it. This is your process. These state houses are your houses and we welcome your involvement. Yeah, I'd agree with both Maria and Nick. It's, um, it can be hard sometimes though to find your way in. And so I think my advice to people who are have a general interest is to figure out what specifically you're interested in and find a particular issue, a particular bill that you are concerned about. Uh, for instance, if it is greenhouse gas reductions in Colorado, it'll be uh, working with Senator Winter on this implementation bill. Um, and, and to that end, I would say, you know, get on her email list. She sends out newsletters. Um, for sure, get on your on the email um, newsletter list for whoever your specific senator and um, and representatives are, uh, as they will be, you know, talk communicating out what their priorities are and if that isn't the environment, then they definitely need to hear from you and need to know that in their, um, in their area that people are caring about these issues. And while they may be focused on something like education, which is also really important, we can't let them slide on, um, on other votes that are going to be significant for our children and for all of us in the future, like these conservation bills that are coming up. Um, and so if, you know, if, and if people are listening to this and have, have questions on what bills they should be following, they can definitely connect with the WRA staff um, in their state uh, or with any of the three of us to help get oriented and, and, um, and touch base on where it makes sense and what legislators to focus on because they do wanna hear from you, like Nick said, and, um, and it is your voice and your story that that can make a difference and that can change um, a vote when they think they know what what they're feeling. Uh, your input can make a difference. Yeah, and, and Brendan, I just wanted to add one thing that Jessica made me think of, which is that as much as the individuals have a really important voice, so do groups that you're a part of. So do businesses, particularly in a, a very business-minded, you know, free market loving state like Utah. If you own a business or you work for a business that's passionate about uh, addressing our climate future or keeping rivers flowing or keeping public lands open, that voice can make a difference. 
And uh, we work with many business interests in Utah to try to amplify their voices at this legislature too. So um, it's not just individuals, you know, groups, businesses, others can also have a really important voice in these discussions. Yeah, you can really be a connector for your community. Um, if it's a, a school group or a faith-based group um, or other type of affinity group, take the issues to them too and, and help them get involved and, and connect um, as, you know, as these votes are, are going to be coming up in the next few months. I just want to recognize um, that in our states, you know, unfortunately, access to internet and broadband um, can be a challenge uh, for some communities. And so I, I echo sort of what Jessica is saying to, to connect with other organizations and uh, other people because, um, well, it, you know, it, it might be easy for some of us to be able to, to log in um, and, and watch what's happening at the Capitol. Um, you know, we, we understand that there are parts of the country where you, you can't do that, including in, in the West, um, because folks just don't have access to, to internet or, or um, those types of services. So I just want to acknowledge that because um, it feels so easy for some of us, but it, it isn't for, for, for folks in our region. These have been fantastic tips. Thanks all for telling us how to make our voice heard and share our stories with our state legislators. If you are looking for easy ways to figure out uh, how to contact your legislator on issues that you care about, particularly about the West's land, air, and water, check out our Protect the West Action Center at our website, www.westernresources.org. You can sign up there to get updates on when legislation is moving, opportunities to take action so that you can make your voice heard when and where it matters most. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Maria, Nick, Jessica, this was awesome. And I am feeling amped up to go into this legislative session and make a difference. Right now, we have an opportunity for you to let your state lawmakers know that you support environmental protections and to add your name to let us know you're ready to act during the 2021 legislative session. Head to our website and you can sign up so that we'll update you when opportunities arise for you to support legislation protecting our climate, land, air, and water. As always, thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode. And we hope you'll join us this year to take action when and where it matters most.